Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, Brewer fans, welcome to another Brooker Review podcast. Uh, joining you today is truly Craig and, and Vince. How are you doing, Vince? I'm well, Craig. How are you? Good. All right. So Memorial Day weekend is beyond us. And as we're wrapping up the month of May, the Brewers, after the first two months of the season, are sitting in uh, first place in the NL Central. So that's the good news. Um, obviously, don't like to point out the negative, but uh, the Brewers uh, have been dealing with a, an unbelievable rash of injuries, and it seems like, uh, in spite of their awesome uh, combination of getting out of the gate here for the 2023 season pretty quickly and successfully, um, and the really bad start by the Cardinals and some other NL Central teams, the Brewers do find themselves still on top of the division, but uh, there's many challenges ahead. Um there's obviously some problems with the offense, and uh, in light of that, after less than two months and less than 100 at-bats, the Brewers have DFA'd Luke Voigt. Um, does that surprise yeah. you at all, or what are your thoughts on that, Vince? No, um, and, you know, to be to be honest, I was never opposed to signing Luke Voigt. I think a lot of Brewer fans would agree with me that it's worth taking a flyer on, on guys like, like Voigt, who's had some – you know, past successes in his career, including leading the uh, the league, the American League in home runs, I believe, in 2020. But, you know, the, the problem becomes, as I think we've talked about on previous podcasts, is when you rely on guys like Luke Voigt. So instead of just taking a flyer on guys and seeing if you can, you know, catch, catch some magic or, you know, have guys kind of rediscover some talent levels that they may have lost in the last season or two in, instead of that we're relying on guys like Luke Boyd to provide a lot of our offense and unfortunately he wasn't up to the task and that's what happens with guys you take a flyer on some are going to pan out and some are not and um, so my bigger problem is with the Brewers approach this past offseason not with Luke Boyd uh, not with signing Luke Boyd himself so that that it does not come as a surprise that we're releasing him at this point um, he didn't get a ton of at bats I think that you know, that probably was a bit of a limiting factor for him as well, but um, he didn't deserve to get at bats either. I mean, he certainly did not play well when he was in the lineup. Uh, I I know he had a little bit of a, a neck injury, but part of me thinks that that was a way to get him some at bats in AAA um, on a rehab assignment, which also didn't go very well, apparently. But um, and I know you didn't like his gold chain, Craig, but other than that, I know I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned the Brewers philosophy on kind of like I guess my take on is churning through corner infielders year in and year out um it's getting a little frustrating because the Brewers seem to view the front office seem to view these you know first base DH um even third base types as kind of a dime a dozen so to speak but if you look around baseball with the other teams, a lot of their middle order hitters and huge run producers come from these positions. So I don't know if I necessarily agree with the Brewers' philosophy on this, but it doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. Uh, on the flip side of that, after you turn through, I don't know, um, a dozen of these types, you'll eventually land on a golden nugget. And that was uh, recently for the Brewers, Roddy Telez has turned into a, pretty much a regular yeah. uh, left-handed hitting first baseman 
who uh, occasionally yeah. sits against la tough lefties, but for the most part is in there every day. So he was a really good find for the organization. I guess their philosophy is to keep doing this until we unturn a couple of gems, which is great. And uh, for a small market team, whatever I get is a necessity maybe. But, um, and again, kind of borrowing from the Rays philosophy and our, our front office and Arlen Stearns came from that uh, line of thinking. And obviously, if you see this year how successful the Rays and, and how they have been year in, year out, it's hard to argue against it. With that being said, as I said, as a fan, it's getting very frustrating to see um, the Brewers' offensive lack of production overall. I mean, we have, a, in my opinion, a great pitching staff, especially at the starting rotation, top of the starting rotation, obviously, for the most part, and pretty um, you know, we've had a really good bullpen for a number of years. Um, yeah. but it's this offense. And I, again, most people are just put, placing the blame on Christian Yelich, who we did decide to pay a quite a bit of money, a large, long contract. And he's supposed to be our franchise middle lower hitter, kind of replacing the departure of Ryan Braun and others before him, where there was that middle of the order, you know, count on pencil in the lineup at bat. And we just don't seem to have that anymore. Um, Brewer fans could maybe argue that Willie Thomas should be, you know, in that role. I feel that he, that's a little bit overstating his talents. Uh, he's obviously a good hitter and a, a great clubhouse presence and uh, someone you want on your team for sure. But I don't know if he's necessarily a middle of the order uh, hitter um, per se on, on a really quality team. So, and he's had yeah. struggles this year for sure, as you look at his numbers. So. Yeah, he is that. And, you know, to be honest, you know, I, I think we've had this conversation before too, but I, I like Willie Adamas a lot. I think he's a great ball player. I think he's an even better leader. Um, I don't know that he's worth the big money that a lot of people were kind of expecting that he might get on the open market, just given the nature of what shortstops have been getting as free agents. I don't know that he's worth the team investing not only multi-millions of dollars, but multi-years into at that position. I, and again, I, I like Willie Adamas a lot, but even in 2021 and 2022, when he won the Brewers team MVP awards, his offensive numbers were not bad, but they were also not overwhelming as well. I mean, he had a, obviously he had big moments and he had some power and he is a guy that is easy to cheer, cheer for someone that we all like, but you know, it's not like he blew the league away with his offensive capabilities. I think that he hit, you know, 238 last year, uh, with a 298 OBP, I'm getting some numbers here from Scotty's interns, but um, you know, it's not like he's the end all be all answer probably at shortstop long-term for the Brewers. Now it's hard to quantify what a guy's leadership skills bring to the table and it's hard to quantify hard. So I get that, but your point about him being um, perhaps not best suited for the middle of the lineup is also, I think a very valid one. Yeah, no, those are some really fair points. And I mean, the one area he has shown us is in power in the last couple of years. Uh, I never thought he'd be a 30 home run hitter, but he has shown that. But I think in selling yeah. out for the power, he's um, his other numbers, especially his on-base percentage numbers, are, are not really what you'd want from a real quality hitter. I mean, he's he's not even, you know, he's borderline um, all-star type player, but uh, because of those numbers, he's probably not. So, um Unfortunately for Willie, this week he, uh, I guess, was struck by a line drive in the head in a dugout. Uh, by, yeah. Um, yep. And a very unfortunate set of circumstances and sustained a concussion. I believe he's he's doing okay. Um, and we wish him the best and the full recovery from that, obviously. Um, but that's yep. just an unfortunate piece of luck for the Brewers. Yeah, it's really really scary moment in that game. And you know, I think 
we were kind of all on edge that night as there wasn't much news for at least a few hours after that that event actually happened and when Willie was able to you know get out of the hospital the next day that was really good news and we were all obviously very uh, relieved to, to to see that it was a pretty scary moment I mean when you saw that ball coming at that speed and that velocity into directly into Willie's face uh, it it certainly w- was pretty hard to watch and um, thankfully thank god he was all right I mean it was just it, it was it could have been a lot worse so I, I think we should all be pretty thankful for that this week Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, going back to last week, the Brewers did uh, another signing. I know with our last podcast, we speculated they may have to do something to patch the gaping holes at the back end of their starting rotation. Um, <laughs> and, and and Craig, to preface that really quick, we actually, uh, after listening to our, our previous episode, Eric Lauer was not even on the disabled list yet. So yeah, we have experienced yet another injury to the starting rotation since our last taping with Eric Lauer, who's, who's currently on the IL. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was now bouncing around between the bullpen and the starting rotation and, and back out of necessity. Uh, and now he's on the IL. So this is just, it's kind of almost getting to the point of being a nightmare, but that uh, injury wise, the Brewers now are going forward. Um, but with that being said, the Brewers did sign Julio Tejeron, a veteran MLB starter who had been with the Padres organization, and I think he had opted out of the minor league deal with them and then did sign an actual major league deal with the Brewers. And uh, his first start went fairly well. He went five innings. I believe only get one run. Unfortunately, we lost that game. But, um, yeah, so Julio Tejeron, welcome to the team. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks kind of as a back-end starter for, you know, going forward. Yeah. I think that veteran experience was something that we needed. Obviously, speculated Baumgartner, but Teheran's kind of in that same boat where he had a couple of years of success, not at the Baumgartner level, but at the major league level, and then has really tailed off uh, as he's entered his mid-30s or whatnot, but or, or early to mid-30s. But um, yeah, so I think he still has some left in the tank, as you saw by his start and uh, just experience that he'll, he'll bring to the table over over other guys that we'd have to bring up from. Triple A. I, was, I, I thought maybe we'd get a look at Robert Gasser, but instead he's he's continuing to have some struggles at the Triple A level. Um, so again, yeah. you'd rather you know you'd rather not you know throw him to the wolves at the major league level and hope that he's he's ready to really contribute. Yeah, I, I know that you and Scotty and I had had all guessed different pitchers that the Brewers might bring in to fill that hole in the rotation. I think that. Those guesses included uh, Gasser and Jansen Junk and Madison Bumgarner. And, of course, it was our anonymous source, Tom Carter, who picked Tehran. And we just need to listen to him more often. So, yeah, thanks to, thanks to Tom Carter for for taking uh, that one correctly. And, again, uh, Tom Carter is not actually – TC, we call him around here because – um, oh, yeah. Not, yeah. That doesn't want his real name getting out there um, per se. But so Tom Carter, that just ignore that if you were listeners. It's uh, TC, uh, or you can call him um, Tom C if you'd like, um, or T Carter. But Okay, Chad, Scotty's interns can fix that in the editing session, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Do want to give a shout out to Trixie and Coco. They're doing a good job with those Willie Domus stats providing here at the last, the last second. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Overall, I mean, there's plenty to be optimistic about because obviously the Brewers are on the opposite end of the spectrum and in last place, like the Cardinals currently in five games out of first or whatever. Um, it'd be hard to be optimistic. The fact that we are in the driver's seat from this point forward, being in first place, I, again, that's just something to hang our hat on. But I, And again, 
just uh, to a great job done by Craig Council, kind of holding this team together so far. Uh, with that being yeah. said, even some even some of our aces are really you know Woodruff's out, but uh, we've got Peralta and Burns, and they're not really pitching to the ace level right now. I mean, Peralta got lit up pretty bad as last start. Burns has been pretty madly inconsistent so far. Um, we're really going to need those guys to step up in lieu of the other injuries um, going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that Corbin Burns is suspect number one for, you know, who we need to have step up. Obviously, he has the talent level. Obviously, he has the the competitive fire. Obviously, we've seen him pitch well in big games before. And I, I think that what we need to do is kind of realize that every game is a big game from here on out. We're past Memorial Day now, as you mentioned. Um, you know, that's typically sort of the, the early hurdle, the benchmark uh, early on in the season. And at this point, the Brewers have not played very well outside the first, you know, three weeks or so of the year. And yet we're sitting here in first place post Memorial Day somehow with a record that's worse than the last place team in the American League East. But uh, here we are. And, you know, the Brewers only have to win their division to get into that playoff spot and to to, to be able to get hot and compete uh, with, you know, teams that maybe on paper are much better or, or who are at least winning many more games than the Brewers are. But all we have to do is get in and then anything can happen. So I think that we need to really take the collective approach as a team and even as a fan base that every game truly matters, that we cannot just be giving away games to, you know, the likes of the Rockies or the Giants or anybody else that, you know, seems to have played incredibly well against us this year for whatever reason. And uh, Corbin Burns is going to have to become a big game pitcher even on June 1st. You know, it's it's to me important that we kind of make that turn now in the season and in transition to that mentality. And I, I don't know how sustainable that is over the long term, but I really think that this organization has to do a better job of adopting that that approach. Yeah, I can agree more with that statement. And like you said, if the Brewers could somehow find the way into the postseason, you got to be confident that guys like Burns and Peralta and Woodruff, if, if, if healthy, will step up and be a real asset in, in short playoff series, so to speak. Um, so, um, yeah. yeah. And uh, a couple of guys that we haven't mentioned too much on our um, podcast as yet that definitely deserve some kudos. And let's just start with uh, Joel Piamps. Uh, what what yep. a find! Um, the, he obviously came over in the same Contreras deal uh, where we traded Estre Ruiz to the A's, and he was a not, I don't want to say a throw-in, but in addition, it was actually. I thought that they was going to be DFA'd by the A's, and so he was including that deal. And the Brewers must have seen something in him. The, um, because, and, and this Brewers brass has done a great job of finding kind of like uh, hidden gem relief pitchers over the years too. And Piams is definitely fitting into that that mold, and he's he's just been pitching lights out. And and really in key situations throughout the game, he's been brought in and done a great job. Yeah, Piam, so I think most of the bullpen generally, at least of the guys that are still left, um, we've obviously had a bit of turn at the back end of our bullpen as well. Matt Bush pitched terribly and then landed on the, the injured list. Um, Piam, though, has pitched incredibly well. I think Bryce Wilson has pitched well. I think that, you know, there are – obviously, Devin Williams has pitched amazing, and he deserves a, a shout-out as well, even though it's he's sort of taken for granted just because he is such an elite talent. But I, I think that um, – it's it's incredible when you do trade a guy like Josh Hader and you've got somebody else who can step into that role and put up actually pretty similar numbers to to you know a, a perennial all star like Hader. So I'm very thankful and grateful for Devin Williams at the back end of our bullpen. Um, yeah, I, I think that the that our bullpen generally has pitched 
fairly well and been effective, though. I do think it's incomplete. We do need more depth there. I'm actually a little bit more concerned about the bullpen um, than some others are just because of the lack of depth. So, well, a lot of guys do deserve a lot of credit for the way that they pitched. I just don't think that we can necessarily rely on only a smaller handful of guys that we've relied on in previous seasons. And that comes back down to, again, that lack of depth, the, the lack of a guy like Brad Boxberger, the lack of a guy like, you know, obviously you had that one-two punch with Hader and Williams for the last several seasons. So I, I, I want to continue to add to the depth in the bullpen um, as we near the trade deadline. And if it means just adding arms to add arms, so be it, we'll find somebody that sticks, but uh, you know, kudos to Piams for sure. But I, I still think that we need depth. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be exciting, exciting trade deadline this year. The Brewers, I'm assuming will still be in contention at that point because I think adding to this team offensively and in the bullpen could really be a shot in the arm that the club could need going forward. Um, also, speaking of the shots in the arm, like I always want to give kudos to Owen Miller, who's been pretty hot and he's getting regular at bats, and I think well deserved. Um, and especially with some struggles, I mean, some rookie struggles, Bryce Trang has kind of held his own for the most part, but, um, you know, uh, he's still a rookie. And so, um, but Owen Miller, his versatility being on play pretty much anywhere on the infield um, is pretty, pretty, um, I think it's going to keep his, him in the lineup every day. And I, I just, I feel like that we still might see some contributions this season from a couple of guys that are currently injured, both at the major league level and minor league level, and that's Louis Arias, who's been out for the, the year and should be coming back, I think, within the next week, um, possibly any day now. And then you've got a couple of guys that uh, I think within the next month or so might, if they're called out from the minors, could really contribute, and that'd be Sal Freelich and Keston Hira. I mean, Keston Hira is the flip side of Voight, where he went down to AAA and before he got injured with a knee sprain a couple of weeks ago. He, in, in just over 100 at-bats, had 12 home runs. So he was hitting 331 with uh, over 1,000 OPS at uh, at AAA. And again, striking out at a high and alarming rate. But with that being said, those numbers are pretty impressive at any level. And uh, I, I think Keston could definitely provide this, this team with a spark at some point. Um, you know, especially with... With Voight being DFA'd, uh, you think that there'd be some at bat yes. at some point. I mean, obviously Darren Ruff is with the team, but uh, you know, I, I think Kesson here obviously has more conservable upside potential. So we'll see as we go forward. Um, yeah, in terms of that roster mix, though, Craig, that you just alluded to, what do you think happens in the Brewers infield mix after Urias gets activated in the next, uh, likely the next week here? Um, uh, obviously, Owen Miller is, isn't going anywhere at this point. Do you think that this could spend the end of Mike Brousseau's days here in Milwaukee? I think it, that's the possibility. I think with him and the, the possibility of either him moving on from either him or Darren Roth. And again, you'd think he'd have a little bit longer leash after the signing, but um, some, yeah, that, or, I mean, I think it's also a possibility that Bryce Trang might get sent back to the minors for another month or two of seasoning and then help us out down the stretch mm-hmm. or something like that to get at bats for Urias at second and also Owen Miller, but, but we'll see. I mean, obviously um, there'll There'll be some options and some hot, tough decisions that the front office will definitely have to make um, coming up with those, uh, you know, to deal with that type of injury. But that's usually a good problem to yeah. have uh, to have a couple some more options than you currently do. So, um, yeah, yeah so I agree. And I, I but I, I do think I do think just really quick, I do think that I do think that Terang has solidified himself in this role. I, I, I think you and I might disagree on this. But I again, I, I think that Urias's best role is in that platoon role that. Um, 
is very valuable to have a guy that can play second or short or third base and step in at all three positions uh, is pretty admirable. I think that Terang has proven himself defensively, at least to be uh, a, a quality everyday major league player. And I think that the bat eventually does come around. He, he reminds me a lot of JJ Hardy um, in his development trajectory, but I just really like his everyday defense and some of the plays that he's made up the middle have just been incredible to watch. I, I've really enjoyed watching Bryce Terang this year and he is, I won't say he, he he completely surprised me because I think that, you know, he was obviously a very highly touted player in our minor league system, but um, watching him play defense on an everyday basis has been one of my favorite parts of the 2023 season so far. So I, I know that Urias has, uh, you know, some very positive numbers with, with defensive metrics as well, but um, the fact that he can play three positions well means to me at least that he is most valuable sliding into that Mike Brousseau-esque role. Um, that we seem to have for a number of guys right now. Maybe maybe it's Darren Ruff that gets replaced. Maybe you're right about that. But in any event, I think it's it's that type of role that uh, a guy like Urias could could best fill uh, on our team. Yeah, you very likely could be correct. That could be the route that they go. Um, the only reason I mentioned Trang, and you're right about him defensively for sure, um, is that he's definitely a wizard. I think he's going to be a solid everyday regular moving forward at some point. I just don't, I'm just thinking because he has minor league options, they might even be able to buy themselves another year of service time by sending him down to the minors for a period of time, even though he started the season with us. The, uh, it would bump his service time clock back a little bit, I, I believe. Uh, so I think they might factor that in. Also, the fact that he's in 218 with a 268 on base percentage right now um, is tough, yeah. but obviously he's got three homers, seven steals. And been playing phenomenal defense, like you mentioned. So he, he, I mean, it's a, it'll be a tough decision. Like I said, it's just that I don't know what you know, yeah, what role Urias will will take on, uh, and he's had his struggles with the bat in the past as well. So, so we'll see. But I mean, uh, Urias is a, a right-hander and Terang is a left-hander, so maybe the Brousseau, um moving on from Brasal is the answer to that. And maybe these guys go into a somewhat yeah. platoon. So that, that's a good guess for sure. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, the Brewers have had struggles against left handers. And that's why I think, um, you know, that's the only, the, the only reason I think they've kept Brasal long as long as they have is because he, he does mash lefties. So there's that. Yep. Um, yep. Absolutely. So, all right, well, we're going to have to wrap it up for this podcast today. Uh, thank you for tuning in, all of our listeners, and thanks for joining me today, Vince. Um, yeah, definitely looking forward to some Brewer baseball, getting out to some games here as we approach June and warmer yeah. weather here in Wisconsin. Some great tailgating, some great Brewer baseball, and uh, it, it's always fun when we're winning. So let's, let's hope that we continue, yeah. continue that as we move into the season. So, Yeah, exciting time of year, and uh, please remember to give us a follow, Brewer. Brew Crew Review 1 on Twitter. Um, send in your questions to Scotty. We'll get to those soon. Brew Crew Review Podcasts with an S at gmail.com. And uh, we we'll look forward to talking with you here again in a few days, uh, probably after the Toronto series later this week. All right. Well, sound, sounds good. Stay classy with West Dallas and go Brewers. Go Brewers. Do, 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 do.